text for today, or at least a beginning point for me to jump off. Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light, and those living in the land of the shadow of death, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as men rejoice when dividing the plunder. It's been a while since I've been out plundering. <laughs> wow. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor, every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over the, his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. Praise be unto God. Last Sunday, I asked, uh, well, before I get there, somebody, somebody said, why a jacket? I won't mention any names, but since I had COVID, I lost weight. I can now button it. <laughs> but, more, but more importantly, it helps keep me warm. <laughs> you lose enough weight, and man, it's amazing how cold you get. Anyway, last Sunday, I asked a question of you. I asked you to consider during this Advent season, and this is the first Sunday in Advent, what are you waiting for? We all have different wants and hopes that we are waiting for, uh, for the peace of Christmas to last more than a month or two would be nice for things to return to normal, even if we aren't really sure what that's going to look like yet. John Ortberg uh, tells us, everyone is normal till you get to know them. Others would remind us that normal is only found as a setting on your clothes dryer. But we still hope and wait for what we consider to be of value. Some are hoping for nice things under the Christmas tree, a well-decorated home, or perhaps a simply decorated home that will reflect our faith and hope for a lost world. Some would like to skip the holidays altogether because they only remind them of the whole in their lives because they've lost loved ones. So why Advent? 
There are at least two reasons for celebrating the Advent season, and they both center around Jesus as Messiah and King. Advent is a Latin term for arrival or to come. In Christian theology, the term has been connected to both the first coming of Jesus as the Messiah rejected by Israel and the second coming of Jesus as reigning king of the universe. Some 82 years ago, the underground Christians of the church in Germany were asking serious questions. One such question was, was, should the wonder and the beauty and the majesty of the miracle of the incarnation be linked with the cruel and harsh imagery of the cross and Jesus' crucifixion? A man who would become a martyr asked, how could something become cheap which costs God everything? Dietrich Bonhoeffer gave his life to remind us that the cross of Christ will forever remain the centerpiece of our faith. He went on to say, from this greatest of negatives flow all the positives of our new life in Christ. From conflict, peace. From pain, healing. From death, life and so much more. Even if people don't truly understand, most have a positive regard for the Christmas story. Those same people, however, may not be so thrilled about the story of his death and the cross. Yet the two stories remain forever linked. You can't have one without the other or you will miss the significance of God's plan to save his people and redeem creation. As believers and followers of Jesus, we must hold these truths in the tension revealed through scripture. It is also true that the hope we have in Jesus must be held in the tension revealed in scripture. There is tension in the Christmas story itself, as beautiful as it is. We celebrate the birth of a baby boy born in a manger in the cold darkness of a winter's night because there was no room for him anywhere else. Not long after his birth, we find the family fleeing the country because King Herod was out to kill the boy. He killed all the boys under the age of two in Bethlehem and the surrounding area, trying to be sure to get rid of, rid of any threat. Evil always tries to destroy or eliminate what is good. 
We know from our Bibles the real reason Jesus stepped into our world. He came to fulfill the Father's plan so people of faith could become the sons and daughters of the kingdom of heaven and find hope to sustain us in our journey to the promised land, the new heavens and the new earth. When you surrender your life to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you receive a gift from God, his Holy Spirit. He's placed at the very center of who you are. To confirm your status then as a child of the Father and a privileged member of the kingdom. The hope and beauty of our faith in Jesus, however, is challenged and buffeted by the waves created by the world we live in. Our faith is tested and the fears and doubts that surface need to be bolstered again and again and again by the word of God and his spirit within who lets us know anytime we would like to know we are loved, we are his, and he has a special place for us. The word of God also affirms that our faithfulness to him in this life will be rewarded in a way that is beyond our ability to imagine and to comprehend. Advent is a celebration and anticipation of the story of God's amazing grace, mercy, and outrageous love. The history of the church reveals that Christmas wasn't just about Jesus' birth. It was about that, but not just that. It was also about his second coming. He is coming again. In many churches today, it is rare to hear of the promise of Jesus' second coming. There is, however, overwhelming evidence in both the Hebrew scriptures and in the Christian text that God is still working out his plan for believers, the heavens, and the new earth. In Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14, in my vision at night, I looked, and there before me was one like a son of man. Coming with the clouds of heaven, he approached the ancient of days and was led into his presence. He was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All peoples, nations, and men of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. Two events are promised in Acts 1, 6 through 11. And so when the disciples met together, again they asked Jesus, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? And he said to them, 
It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid him from their sight. They were looking intently up into the sky as he was going when suddenly two men dressed in white stood beside them. Men of Galilee, they said, why do you stand here looking into the sky? This same Jesus who has been taken from you into heaven will come back in the same way you have seen him go into heaven. So we ask, what's he coming back for? Revelation 1, 4 through 8. John, to the seven churches in the province of Asia, grace and peace to you from him who is and who was and who is to come and from the seven spirits before his throne and from Jesus Christ who is the faithful witness, the firstborn from the dead and the ruler of the kings of the earth. To him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood and has made us to be a kingdom and priest to serve his God and Father. To him be glory and power forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. And all the peoples of the earth will mourn because of him. So shall it be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Jesus told his disciples in Luke 21, 25 through 28, there will be signs in the sun, moon, and stars. On the earth, Nations will be in anguish and perplexed at the roaring and tossing of the sea. Men will faint from terror, apprehensive about what is coming upon the world, for the heavenly bodies will be shaken. At that time, they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. And these things begin to take place Stand up, lift up your heads, because your redemption is drawing near. And in Matthew 24, at that time, the sign of the Son of Man will appear in the sky, and all the nations of the earth will mourn. They will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of the sky with power and great glory. And he will send his angels out with a loud trumpet call and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of the heavens to another. Wow. What a picture, my friends. Jesus is coming again to establish his forever kingdom and all 
who have been faithful in serving him here on earth will reign with him. In Jesus' parable of the sheep and the goats in Matthew, we read in Matthew 25, 33, and 34, he will put the sheep on his right and the goats on his left. Then the king will say to those on his right, come, you who are blessed by my father, take your inheritance, the kingdom prepared for you since the creation of the world. What is coming for us when Jesus returns? The kingdom in its fullness. You will find in both Testaments references to the day of the Lord as a time of judgment for unbelievers and the final deliverance and reward for his faithful servants. I don't know what our rewards are going to be, but God is, if you haven't noticed, God is full of surprises and they're all good. Our hope in Christ, my friends, is like the hope God gave the Israelites when they were in captivity under the rule of Babylon and then by the Persian Empire. They had been dispersed. They're living everywhere but in Israel. But there would be a future time, God says, and God promised, when God would send his anointed one, the Messiah, to break the bonds of oppression and bring them back into the promised land. The Messiah would be like King David and rule in righteousness and justice. Oh, don't you long for that in these days? And his kingdom will never end. We likewise have had the bonds of oppression broken, called sin, and being under the thumb of the evil one. He has broken that. And we live in a kingdom not yet fully established, but real nonetheless. In George Elton Ladd's book, The Presence of the Future, he was a professor of New Testament at Fuller Theological Seminary. We find a phrase in that book that reappears on numerous occasions, already, but not yet. Already, but not yet. As believers and faithful followers of Jesus, we are already saved, but not yet in its fullness. There is more to come. Already we are part of the kingdom of heaven, but not yet in its fullness. Already we have power over the enemy, but not yet in its fullness. We have power over the enemy. Too often we shrink back and say, what can I do? We have power over the enemy, but not yet in its fullness. But when the Lion of Judah 
and the Lamb of God comes to reign in all of his glory, we will experience our complete redemption as God's sons and daughters. Now, we tried earlier in the week, or especially Dan tried, to, to use a picture that would give you something different to, to look at and to think about with regard to the Lord who is reigning on high in God's presence. And it's taken from, it was a picture that was artwork that was done from Revelation chapter 1. We serve a Christ who is alive, who is in heaven, who has received all authority, both there and here. He is the reigning and ruling Lord of the universe. And we are his. <laughs> Christmas is about the incarnation. God stepping into history. Jesus becoming one of us. Walking next to us. The first coming of Jesus and his death on the cross secured and released us from the prison and oppression of our enemy, the evil one. But there is more to come. And we dare not lose sight of the hope that Jesus has given us. Salvation and a bright future in the kingdom of heaven where we rule with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Israel hoped for a coming Messiah. We hope for a coming of our King and Lord. And as you're out in the darkness of December, and you see the lights of Christmas, let them remind you of your hope in Jesus. And what John said in his gospel in John 1, 4, and 5, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. At one point, in his ministry, Jesus took his disciples to a place known as the Gates of Hades. And it is in that place, that very place, the Gates of Hades, where all the evil was known to have come from, in a sense. And he says to the disciples, I will build my church here. And the gates of hell, or the gates of Hades, will not overcome it. Wow. So church, we're it. We are it for our time and our season. God has us here now in this time and in these moments to make a difference in people's lives to make a difference.
in our world. Lord, there's a lot to think about and to take in, but I also pray, Lord, that you will stir our hearts, O oh God, to recognize how much you have done for us, what a privilege it is to come and worship you, and to know that one day we will be with you in all your glory, in all your power, and we will share in that. That is our inheritance, which is to come. And we thank you, God, for how amazing your plans are. Amen. Would you stand with me as I read kind of a blessing over you? Taken from Revelation 21. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Now the dwelling of God is with men, and he will live with them. They will be his people. And God himself will be with them and be their God. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And then he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, it is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To him who is thirsty, I will give to drink without cost from the spring of the water of life. He who overcomes will inherit all of this, and I will be his God, and he will be my son or daughter. God bless you. Have a great day.